This is the Austin Life Church podcast. For more information, please visit us at austinlifechurch.com. Man, what a what a beautiful, glorious weather weekend. We get like one of these a year in Texas. Praise God for that, huh? I'll take it. Oh, we, we got a round of applause back there. Yes. Yes. Anyway, uh, Miles had his football game, and I didn't even sweat. It was crazy. I was like, I don't know what to do with this right now. So it was good. All right, friends. First John is where we are going to be. If you have a Bible, I invite you to turn to it. It's near the very end uh, of, the, of the Bible. So if you hit you know, the uh, glossary and then Revelation, right? And then you get Jude and then the Johns. And so it's near the end. First John chapter one, uh, we're going to finish up chapter one and, and work our way into uh, chapter two. So uh, we'll read it together and then, um, and then we'll just talk through it together. So first John chapter one, starting in verse five. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. God, these are your words, and we believe them to be given to us um, by you through John. You tell us that your word is alive, it is active, um, that you are still speaking to us. And so today, God, as we look here in First John, would, you, would we hear your voice? God, would you just use me to communicate your words, your truth, your message, um, God, that, that we would be transformed by you? So I just want to invite you where you are, if, you're, if you would just in your own mind and heart, um, if you're willing, just ask God to speak to you uh, personally through his word. God, speak to me as well. Speak to us. Show us what you have for us. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Anybody, can you remember uh, a time where, like, you just kind of felt like you came alive? Like, you, you, you did something and you were like, I, I feel most alive here, right? Do, doing this, May, maybe, right? It's, it could be like you're, when you're in the mountains or you're, you're snowboarding or uh, you're on a lake. Um, it, like, you just feel alive. Can you, anybody, yes? Are there moments, things you're doing? Maybe you had a job that you're like, this is torture. And then you got a new job and you're like, huh. This is what it is to enjoy life again. Um, my first job out of college was at Hertz Rental Car. It was awful. Worst job I ever had in my life. Um, I, I dreaded Sundays because Monday came after that and I would have to go back to work. Um, and so it was just miserable. Um, and then I, I quit that and I substitute taught for a little bit and I really enjoyed that. Um, 
And so I'm going to, should I switch to a handheld? It's just the position. It's just the position. Hold on. We'll, we'll, yes? No? Mm? Mm? Yes? Yes. Better? Little ringy? Okay. Crisp. Crisp. Okay. So I started substitute teaching. And I really enjoy teaching. I like working with students. Now, now, not elementary. That, God bless you. If you're an elementary teacher, let me see. Raise your hand if you're an elementary teacher or have been. Raise it high. Anybody? What, what? Blessings. Blessings. I don't, I, I couldn't do it. I could not. You, you have the same kids all the day long. All the day long. Like, I need a rotation. So, because um, if I have the bad kids, I'm like, all right, at least in 50 minutes, you're out of here. Um, and I won't commit murder. You know, so it's like, that was tough. Middle school was just weird and awkward. Like, I don't think they're humans. Right, Molly? You're, ah, you're close. You're getting there. You're working there. Okay. Uh, hmm? The boys are not human, she says. No, no, I, I don't disagree with you. Good girl. Um, and then high school, I was like, okay, you're kind, of, you're kind of a human being now. Anyways, this has nothing to do with First John. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I felt more alive teaching than I did with, um, right? So there, there's, there's things in life that, you know, it just makes us feel alive. Brussels sprouts are like death to me, right? Like, amen. We got an amen. All right. Brussels sprouts are like death. But you give me a good burger and, and some fries, like, okay, I feel alive again, right? So there's each person, we're going to have those things that make us feel alive and those things that make us feel like we're drowning and suffocating in the horrific odor of Brussels sprouts, right? So this is life, right? The, the, this is the journey we're all on. And, and if we're honest with ourselves, right, we're trying to figure out, okay, how do I export the things that are life draining to me and how do I import the things that are life giving to me, right? How do I, how do I get rid of this person in a nice way so because they're they're toxic to me and how do i input you know add in things that are life-giving like that's just what we're doing in in going through life today we're going to talk about what gives life and what takes it away and and we've said from the very beginning of austin life that that every person in all of existence is looking to make the most out of life that is that is true of you Right? You, you are going through life. You're going to choose a job or walk away from a job or choose a person or walk away from a person or choose a place to live or walk away from a place to live. Now, I can't tell you what's factoring that decision, but we're making decisions based on what we think ultimately is best. We're, we're, we're pursuing that and we're chasing after that. And we believe that's because that's how God made us. That God made us as, as pleasure-seeking creatures. Right, we, we want to be satisfied. That's what that song was singing about. We want to be satisfied. That's how we're designed. The question becomes, what are we filling in that blank in our lives for which we think is going to satisfy us? Right, what is it ultimately that we're like, okay, this is going to give me joy and purpose and meaning and happiness. No, no, this is going, what is it that we think is going to satisfy us? Psalm 1611 has been an anchor verse for us. And in Psalm 1611, David says to God, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. So you've got life, joy, pleasures evermore, right? 10 out of 10 of us are saying, yes, please. Right? Every single one of us, like, 
Let's not, let's not be like, oh, no, 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 I really would like misery and suffering. No, no, we all want life, joy, and pleasures evermore. David tells us that it's found in the presence of God. Right? That, that that's where we're going to find what our hearts are ultimately looking for is in his presence, in fellowship with him, in communion with him, in a relationship with God. And that's what John t- says as well in the first four verses. Right? In the first four verses, he says that, that he presents Jesus, he proclaims Jesus, and he says in verse, verse 3, so that you also may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. John is proclaiming eternal life, Jesus. He's saying, hey, let me tell you about Jesus so that you would have fellowship with God and with those who are with God. The the purpose of John writing this is that we would have fellowship with God, which according to the Bible is where the fullness of life is, is in fellowship with God. So we're all seeking it. The Bible from Genesis to Revelation, look, we're near Revelation, is saying the same message. Life is found in the presence of God. Joy, happiness, satisfaction, the fullness of joy is found in his presence and walking in fellowship with him. So the question we're now asking from John is, okay, well, how do we have fellowship with God? Right? How, how do we have that communion, that relationship with God? How do you know? Do you know? Do you have fellowship with God? Is it a question mark? Sometimes yes, maybe not, I don't know. How do we have fellowship with God? How do we know if we're on that path of his presence, walking with him? Let me ask you this. If I were to call you and be like, hey, come hang out with me. And assuming that you wanted to, because come on, who wouldn't wouldn't want to unless you don't want to, you know, if if I were to call you and be like, hey, come hang out with me. And you're like, okay, cool. That sounds great. What's maybe the next question you'd ask? When? Okay. Fair question. That's, That's a good one. That is correct. You're right. That wasn't what I was going for, though, Rachel. Thank you for your participation. Everyone else forgets y'all, because at least Rachel participated, right? That's a fair question, just not, not that's in another one. That's, yeah, yeah. Another question, perhaps. What? Where? Okay, great. We got some good, perfect. What do you want to do? Where are you? What's happening? When? Okay, when is today? It's now. We're going we're gonna to hang out now. Okay, what are we doing? Where are you? Right? You got to know where I am. What if I'm at the mall, right? I'm shopping for some, new, for some new sneakers, you know? What if I am, you know, in Sweden, you know, just hanging out, eating some chocolate, right? What, what if I'm, you know, what, what if I'm in a submarine, and, you know, in the middle of the Atlantic? I've never been in a submarine. It sounds terrifying, to be honest, right? You, you got to know where I am, what I'm doing. If we are going to hang out, if we're going to have fellowship, and the answer is right now, you, you then got to know, okay, where am I going? Where, where are we meeting up? What are we doing? What activity are we a part of? To have fellowship with someone, anyone, you have to know where they are. And then, and then what? You've got to be where they are. All right, Kelly, you now know where I am. You said where, I think. Yeah. It, there's two Kellys back to back. That's confusing. Sorry, y'all. You know, but then it's like, okay, you know where I am. Now you've got to be where I am. Otherwise, we're still not having fellowship. And then, if we want that fellowship to grow and to deepen, 
We've got to remain together. We've got to spend time together. So the first thing we have to ask, if we want to have fellowship with God, which is the purpose for John writing this, for us to have fellowship with God, which is where the fullness of life is, according to Psalm 16, we have to know where is God? Where will we find him to have fellowship with him? John says in verse five, this is the message we have heard from him and we proclaim to you, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. We are going to find God in the light and only in the light. There's no darkness in God. He is not in the darkness. He is not hanging out in the darkness. He is in the light. So if we want fellowship with God, it is found in the light. That's what John 1, 5 tells us. Now, you're all smart people. You probably already know we're not talking literal light and darkness. It's not like only when the sun's up does God come out. The darkness is for like witch and goblins. You know, like it's talking figuratively. Right? God is figuratively in the light. God is not in the darkness. The light, figuratively speaking, go back to our English classes. When we're talking about something being in the light, we're talking about something that is, that is good, that, it, that is pure, that is right, that is true, that is trustworthy, right? Something that's darkness is something that's evil, that's bad, that's wicked, that's untrustworthy. Philippians 4 says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Right? That's, that's a description of something that's light. It's, it's, it's true. It's honorable. It's just. It's pure. It's lovely. It's commendable. God is light. God is, in a word, Holy. There's no sin, there's no darkness, there's no evil, there's no untruth, there's no impurity in God or in his presence. Only the light. Galatians 5 gives us a a list as well of darkness versus light. If we're like, okay, where are we going to find God? He says in verse 19, The works of the flesh, another um, word to describe darkness biblically. The words of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, will not be in the light, in the presence of God. On the flip side, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So when we're thinking, okay, God is in the light and in him is no darkness whatsoever. We will find God in the presence of light. We start to look and we see that God is holy. He is righteous. He is good. He is true. And we will find him in things that are holy and righteous and good and true. There's no darkness to him. There's no sin. There's no error. And because God is light, he determines what is good. He calls the shots. He writes the script. He says what is true and what is untrue. He says what is right and what is unright. 
And so if we want to be in the fellowship of God, we look for God in the light, in what is good and right and true. We will not find him in works of darkness. We will not find him in thoughts of darkness because there's no darkness within God. He is holy and pure and right. This may still seem a little vague and we're like, okay, how do we, how do we get more specific, right? Because figurative, okay, what is, what is light to one person could be light, you know, darkness to another. What, what is it? So how do we know? Psalm 119 verses 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If we're like, okay, where is God? God's in the light. Okay, how do I know what the light is? We read his word. His word is a light to our feet. His word shows us where God is, tells us what is good, what is right, what is true. Another thing, John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Okay, God's in the light. Where's the light? What does the light look like? We look at Jesus. What did Jesus do? It was light. What did Jesus say? It was light. How did Jesus treat people? It was light. What did Jesus feel? It was light. Jesus is the light of the world. So if we're looking at this and we're saying, I want fellowship with God. Well, God's in the light. Where's the light? What is the light? We read his word that is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And we look to the word, Jesus, who is the light of the world. Those are the primary ways that you and I can know where God is. It's through his word and through his son. You want to have fellowship with God? We look to Jesus. We look to his word. He tells us where God is. Tells us how to walk in his presence. John is drawing a line in the sand. The same line that has been there from Genesis chapter 1 and 2. That, that really in life, there's only two paths that we walk down. One path says light above it, and it's got the presence of God. The other path says darkness above it, and God is not on that path. There's no God kind of doing a little bit of both. No, God is holy and pure and righteous. So he is down the path of light. And the invitation is given. If you want to have fellowship with God, if you want to know where God is, it is down this path of light. It is not down this path of darkness. So the question is, what path are we walking down? There is a, a clear line in the sand a clear distinction. Are we on the path of light with the presence of God or are we on the path of darkness separated from his fellowship? So if we know where God is, God is in the light. The next question was what? We gotta be where God is, all right? If we're gonna hang out, if we're gonna have fellowship, first we gotta know where, where we are. The second is, okay, well, we gotta be there. We've got to be together in fellowship in the presence of God. Right now, uh, Stephanie, uh, my wife, if, if you don't know her, she's on a cruise. She left me at home. Um, thanks, babe. Uh, she's on a cruise with her mom, a Norwegian cruise ship called the, the Prima. Um, I think they are in the Gulf of Mexico on their way back right now, I, I believe. Um, now, here's the deal. If I wanted to, I could figure out an exact location of that cruise ship. 
right? There's the technology and there's, you know, I could call the cruise line and be like, I need to get a hold of you. So I know where she is, roughly speaking. She, she's on this specific cruise ship. But if I stood here, right here today, and I was like, hey, right now, I'm fellowshipping with Stephanie. I'm hanging out with her. Right? If I really believe that, you would probably be like, hey, dude, let's talk for a second. Like, let's, have you had some water today? You know, like if I genuinely was like, no, 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 I'm here with you guys. I am walking with you. I'm in your presence. We are fellowshipping. Oh, but I'm also fellowshipping with Stephanie over there. Right? Like the illustration is so absurd. You're kind of like, this is a stupid illustration. Exactly what John is saying. You cannot be here in Austin fellowshipping with you and in the Gulf of Mexico fellowshipping with Stephanie. So does that mean that we can fellowship with God in the light while also living in the darkness? Can I walk in the presence of God who is light, who is only in the light while walking in the presence of darkness? No. John tells us very clearly in the next verses. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If I say that I have fellowship with y'all, I am where you are, and I'm having fellowship with Stephanie, I'm where she is, I'm either clinically insane or I'm lying to you. That cannot be true. John is very clear. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It's one thing to know God is in the light. But now we have to be with him in the light if we're going to have fellowship with him. We have to walk in the light just as he is in the light. God is only in the light. He is light. We lie to ourselves and to others if we say that we have fellowship in the presence of God while also fellowship with darkness. It's one or the other. It's not both. It's, it's, not, it's not both. Pretty, pretty straightforward, right? Now, it's interesting. He does say, you know, that we have fellowship with one another, and that can be confusing. Like, why is John saying that if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another? And, and if you go back again to verse 3, he says, we proclaim Jesus so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. To have fellowship with the people of God is to have fellowship with God. Right? I'm not, if, if you're in the presence of God and I'm fellowshipping with you, then, then I'm also fellowshipping with God. But, but, but if, if you're not, then it's possible that I'm not fellowshipping. Like, the two go hand in hand. Right, the two go hand in hand here. He's, he's, you can use them interchangeably. To have fellowship with God is to have fellowship with the people of God. Right? Those two go hand in hand. And so, really, he's still saying to walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. We have fellowship with the Father and the Son. That's what he says in verse 3. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Now, it's very, very, very important to understand what John means when he says to walk in the darkness or to walk in the light. Right? He, he says very clearly, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, that's where fellowship with, with God and with his people happens. If we walk in the darkness, 
we don't have fellowship with God. So, so we got to know, what is he talking about here? Because if, if you are even slightly self-aware, you're starting to go, I, I don't walk in the light as he is in the light. Like, as he is in the light? I mean, I, I was probably dabbling in the darkness this morning. You know? So if we're looking at this conditional statement, we're going, time out. God is in the light. He's only in the light. And the way I have fellowship with him is to walk in the light as he is in the light. But yo, I know how messed up I am. I, I know that I, I've got sin in my life. I know that, that, that I, don't, I don't measure up to walking in the light as he is in the light. So how is this even possible? Right? What do, what do we do with this? So to walk in the light as he is in the light is both a moment and a journey. There's a moment where we are transferred from darkness into light. And then there's the journey of remaining in the light with him in his presence. Right? And, and on that journey... After I've been transferred to the light, I, I can still sometimes reach over and dabble in the darkness. I can still stumble down, right? But I'm, I'm still in fellowship with him. I haven't lost my fellowship with him just because I stumbled again, right? It's kind, it's kind of like a marriage. There comes a point, if you're married, right? There came a point when, when you were married, it wasn't like this, I don't know, kind of a couple weeks beforehand type thing. No, no, no. There was a point when you were married. When, at our ceremony, man, we, we uh, did our, said our vows and gave each other rings. And then we came back over here and we were taking Lord's Supper together. And, and, and our special music was too long and it was awkward, right? So we were just kind of like standing there for too long. And we were like, what do we do now? Because they're still singing and we're done with this part. And I remember asking her, I said, hey, are we married yet? And she's like, no, not yet. Why? Because we had to wait until the officiant said, I now pronounce you husband and wife. Like we were really darn close, but there was still that, that line, that moment from when you go from married to, or unmarried to married. And we dated for six and a half years, right? We knew each other. I mean, we shared holidays together, right? Like, but, but we were still not married, even though in many ways, right? We, there comes a point when now I am her husband right? That moment. But now on that journey as her husband, how many of you think that I have walked that journey perfectly? Dang it. I was hoping for at least one, like just a piece. No, come on. I've not walked that journey perfectly. There's been many times where I've acted unhusbandly, right? That doesn't, doesn't change that I'm still married, right? But it, but it sure does impact our fellowship, it sure does impact the journey of growing in intimacy. So there's that moment where we get married and we're on that journey together. But within that journey, sometimes I'm still stumbling and, and acting like a knucklehead, right? It's impacting our depth of intimacy and, and fellowship. And so what, what John's talking about here, what the scripture talks about walking in the light as he is in the light, is both a moment where we are transferred from darkness to light and a journey where we remain in the light with him. Colossians 1 gives us that, that, that moment. He says that he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Jesus is what? 
the light. So you can just take out that word, transfer us to the kingdom of light, if you want to call it that. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. To be in fellowship with God, we must be in the light as he is in the light. We must be transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his son, into the kingdom of light. Now, in order for that to happen, we have to realize that we were all born and started walking down the path of darkness. We were all born and started putting sin into our lives. You know, we got some newborn, we got some relatively young parents around here. How many of your newborns at 3 a.m. in the morning were selflessly considering your sleep over their hunger? Right? Yeah? No, they're they're thinking of themselves, right? How many many times have you had to teach your, your siblings, hey, why did you just bite your brother? Right? Did they learn that from you? Probably not. Right? They, they, I'm guessing they didn't learn biting those around you from, I mean, you know, wait, hey, probably not. You just learn it. How many times have you seen a, a, a one-year-old, a two-year-old, right? No, that's mine. And they just take it. We're not having to teach that. That's just there. And we're just born into that. Man, I'm out for myself. I'm looking out for myself here. We're born into, onto the path of darkness. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Like, I'm confident there's no one here that's thinking, yeah, I've spent my whole life walking in the light as Jesus. No, we're, we're, we all realize that, that, that to be in the light as he is in the light is, is perfect. It's holy, and, and man, we are not that. We've all been on this journey of darkness, so how do we get from this path of darkness to this path of light? Right? Are we tracking together? How do, how do we have that moment where we're moved from darkness to light? Looking back at Colossians 1, it says that we were transferred from the kingdom of his beloved son, or from darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. How are we transferred? That's a a passive tense verb. Passive meaning we weren't the actors in that event. We did not transfer ourselves. We were transferred, right? If I hop in an Uber, I'm not driving myself. I'm transferred from point A to point B. Someone else is doing that work and transferring me. So we were transferred from darkness to light. Who does the transferring? There we go. There we go. Church answer. We, that's the that's perfect time for that one to work. Jesus, right? God transfers us through Jesus. He transfers us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. Now, does that mean everybody is transferred? Does that mean everyone is now walking on this path of light in fellowship with God? No. He transfers those who willingly surrender control of their own lives to him. Who release their own agenda. Who believe and repent. Right? Who, who trust that Jesus is the way to truth and they let go of, repent, of going their own way and repent and turn and face him. That's what the word repent means. It's a change of, of internal belief that moves you in a different direction. I'm a visual learner, so let's, let's do this. RJ, can I have your assistance, please? We did not prep for this. This is, this is on the spot. Hop up here. Everybody, this is RJ. Yeah, RJ. Hey, RJ. Good to see you, man. Hello, everybody. 
So this is a white piece of paper. We, we, will, we will term this the light, right? It, it is without darkness, it is without sin, it is without error, it is without blemish, right? God is in the light. And for us to have fellowship with God, we are to be in the light as he is in the light, right? We, we are to possess our own perfectly white piece of paper, to be in the light as he is in the light. But, but we all know that we've fallen short of that. Our, our piece of paper is not perfectly white or in the light, right? So I didn't, I didn't ask you to write out your sin, so I just wrote my own, right? But, but let's be honest. This is what we're bringing to the table, right? Is this paper white? Good. That wasn't a trick question. Good. Great. Right? It's not white. There's, there's a record of sin, of, of darkness, right? And if we were to really write down every ungodly thought, every ungodly action, every ungodly motive, I mean, this is going to be pitch black, right? Like we, and yet God tells us, John tells us, we must walk in the light as he is in the light. That is where we have fellowship with God. That's the only place we have fellowship with God. So what do we do here? Well, Colossians says that we were transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. How does that happen? God sent Jesus to come and do the work for us. Jesus came and lived perfectly in the light. That is why he is called the light. His life is spotless, is sinless. On the cross... Jesus goes and offers to take our record of debt and nail it to the cross with him. And John tells us, right, it's by his blood that we have been cleansed from all our sins. By his blood, it washes away our sins. And in his resurrection, Jesus offers us his record, his right standing with God. It's not that RJ in his own strength has been perfect. It's that Jesus was perfect and offered him his right standing. Now, RJ in that moment is in the light as Jesus is in the light, not because RJ lived up to it, but because Jesus lived up to it. Here's the challenge. Many of us are like, yes, I want the light. And we try to hold on to the light of Jesus and our sin. We try to say, yes, I want Jesus, but there's these sins over here that I still want to hold on to. There's these sins that I want control over. God, you can't tell me how to live my life this way. You can't tell me what to do with my life. And that's the point John is making here, is that if we say we have fellowship with God while we still walk in darkness, is RJ in the light as Jesus was in the light? No, because Jesus just held on to a clean, spotless, pure record. Jesus didn't carry both. So if RJ is still gonna hold on to his sin and try to hold on to Jesus, repentance, trusting that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and believing him is when RJ says, I'm done, it's yours. Jesus is yours. Right? RJ didn't do this work. Jesus did this work. So Jesus is able to transfer RJ simply because RJ goes, okay, it's yours. What you say is right. Your word is truth. Right now, now that's the moment when we are transferred from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son, to the kingdom of light. 
is when we willingly say, I'm done. What, all of it. It's yours. RJ, thank you. Thanks, RJ. So the point that John is making here, we must walk in the light as he is in the light, as Jesus is in the light, only happens by faith in Jesus when we repent, when we let go of our sins. The problem that so many people have that we see from many people who say they know God and love God, many people who want, man, we see this in Matthew 7, where Jesus is like, in that day, many are gonna come to me and they're gonna say, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and, and do all of this in your name? Didn't we love you and want you, Jesus? And, and Jesus is gonna say, I, I, don't, I don't know you. Well, it's because they were unwilling to surrender all to him. The posture of knowing if you have truly been transferred from darkness to light, you don't have to look at yourself and go, man, I've really earned this. My record is great. The question is, are you willing to surrender all to him? And when you grow in your faith, and 10, 15 years later, your eyes are open and you go, oh my gosh, that, that, is, that is sinful towards God. Are you willing 10, 15 years later to go, oh, no, I repent? And when we pick that back up again, because that's what we do, are we willing to go, no, I, I, I repent. If we are still, take the rich young ruler, if you've heard the story, right? This rich man comes up to Jesus and is like, Jesus, I want eternal life with you. I want fellowship with you. I want the fullness of life with you, right? It's the same message over and over and over again. And this guy's like, Jesus, I want you. Man, that's the perfect scenario. And, and, but Jesus knows in his heart, he's, un, he's holding tightly to his money. We can't hold tightly to, to God and our sin. It's one or the other. This is not walking in the light as he is in the light. Only this, only surrendering and laying down our sins. Have you done that? Have you trusted in Jesus fully? Have you let go of your sins? You don't earn your salvation you don't earn, he transfers us to the light. He's already done the work. We simply receive the gift. If I'm gonna give you a gift and your hands are full, how do you receive it? You gotta let go. It's the only way you can receive the gift. That's called repentance. It's a change of mind and heart, it's a change of posture. He moves us. That's the moment. And then it's the journey. Then it's the journey, right? Same thing with the marriage. I'm married, now I'm walking this journey as a married man. I can sin and screw up and then be a jerk of a husband. That doesn't change that I'm still married. It impacts my fellowship. So once we've been transferred to light by Jesus, now we walk as Jesus walked so that our fellowship will deepen and grow and the presence of God continues to expand in our lives. If you've trusted Christ, we talked about this in our theology book, you will never hit the ceiling of knowing all that God is and enjoying everything he is. He's infinite and beyond us. And so that fellowship can just grow and grow and grow and grow. And that's found as we walk in the light, as he is in the light. John goes on, he says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 
If you trusted Christ and you were thinking, man, I'm perfect. That'd be like me saying I'm a perfect husband. Like, I'm deceiving myself. I'm lying to myself. If we think that we're sitting here today and there's nothing within us that can't still be more purified and more made like Jesus, we're kidding ourselves. You know, that's selfishness. It runs deep. It runs real deep. And so we continue to ask God to reveal to us any, this is the prayer of David, search me and know me, try me and see if there's any grievous way in me. We continue to ask God to reveal if there's any of these sins, any of the stuff that we're picking back up. Because if I pick sin back up, it puts an obstacle in between me and my fellowship with God. If I sin against Stephanie, I'm still her husband, but that's going to damage our fellowship, right? Until I confess and repent and she forgives me and restores fellowship. And it's the same that John is telling us with God. If we think we're without sin, we're, we're kidding ourselves. But verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we sin against God, when we put darkness back in our lives, when we stumble, which we do, and we dabble with darkness, and we're working through those old habits, right? We're, we're, we're putting obstacles in between our fellowship, but if we confess our sins, all right, God, I picked it up, I repent, I turn away again. He is faithful and just to forgive us and to restore that fellowship. If you've had any human relationship that has reconciled through hardship, then you've tasted a little bit of that on earth, that reconciliation. I believe, I believe any human relationship can be restored if we will be humble and walk in the light with one another. If we will humble ourselves and walk in the light, the problem that we see human relationships not working, moving towards restoration is that we're unwilling to fully confess and surrender. And we hold on to those elements of darkness. And it puts obstacles in between intimacy and fellowship, and it's the same with God. And so John just says, he says, man, Recognize the sin, confess it. Confess it to God, repent. He is faithful and just to forgive you and to restore that fellowship. To walk in the light as he is in the light. That's where we find fellowship with God and that's where it grows. We have to be honest with ourselves and know that we have fallen short and we continue to fall short. But freedom is found in confession. Freedom is found in truth. It is the truth that will set you free. Now, as people were hesitant to confess, right? Like, confession is scary. We're hesitant. Most of us have these areas in our lives that, God, please don't make me expose that to the light. And we just want to tuck it away and we just want to let it sit back there and it's not hurting anybody. And, and that's exactly what Satan wants from us. Because he's just, he's happy to work with the 2% that we want to keep in the dark. He'll play that 30-year game and just let that 2% grow and grow and grow. Confession scares us because there's oftentimes consequences. There's shame. To confess is to admit that we were wrong. We hate admitting that we're wrong. We hate owning it. But there's freedom in confession. 
and only when we walk in the light. If there's a part of your life that you're unwilling to confess, I caution you because that could be reflective that you've never been moved into the light to begin with. And I realize that's a heavy and strong statement. But if there's truth that we are hiding that is not walking in the light as Jesus is in the light, and if we are unwilling to step into the light, then that might mean that we've never let go of that sin in the first place. I only say that because it's loving, honestly. Confession brings freedom. And we don't have to be afraid to confess to God. Because John tells us, if anyone does sin, I mean, we could rewrite that and say, when you and I sin. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. An advocate is one that comes and stands with another, lobbies on behalf of them, pleads their case. If you have trusted Jesus, he is your advocate before the holy God. He is for you and with you and standing with you. We don't have to be afraid to confess to God. We don't have to be afraid to expose our sin because he already knows it. He's advocating with us. He's beside you. Someone mentioned this morning in our class too that he used to think that when he'd sin, like God wants you to clean yourself up first and get everything right and in order and then we can return him. Then God's ready to receive us back. That's not what the Bible teaches us. We have an advocate with us at all times, standing beside us, waiting for us just to turn around. We walk away and he's following right behind us. He's right beside us. We don't have to be afraid to confess to God. He is for us and he is with us. And not only that, he is the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation is a sacrifice that, that assuages the wrath of another. The wrath of God is set towards those who live in darkness. Jesus came to suffer and die so that the wrath of God would be put on him instead of us. That's the propitiation. So the sins that were unwilling, were hesitant to confess, Jesus has already suffered and died for. The punishment has already been poured out. We have an advocate and a propitiation. There's nothing that should stop us from turning freely and fully to God. He is for our good. Don't let the lie of Satan tell you otherwise. Be free of those sins. Be free. Trust that he is good and he's leading us towards what is good. That is where we find fellowship with him. That is where we find his presence and communion with him. And in his presence is the fullness of life. So John lays it out for us. If we want fellowship with God, it's found in the light and only in the light. That's where God is. If we want fellowship with him, we've got to be with him. And the only way we're going to be with him is if we surrender our sins to Jesus and he washes us clean with his blood and gives us new life. And then, with the help of his spirit, we can remain with him and grow for all of eternity in intimacy and communion with God. This is God's story for us. The only thing getting in our ways is, is us. 
So, have you surrendered to him? Will you release again? We come to the Lord's Supper every week as a reminder that Jesus' broken body and shed blood was our propitiation. The wrath of God broke Jesus so that he doesn't have to break us for our sin. Jesus' blood was, was poured out just like the lamb in Exodus so that God's angel of wrath would pass over the house that had the blood over the doorposts. When we trust Jesus, his blood covers us and God's wrath passes over. We're now friends with God. We're now in the light with him. And we come to the Lord's Supper remembering what Christ has done and confessing our sins so that we can continue on that journey in the light. To remember the freedom that he brings us. You know, we have no interest in this just being a church service. Just going through the motions and hearing a sermon or singing a song. We have every interest in you and I genuinely walking in fellowship with God. I'm certain we've all tried religion and found it severely lacking. Just doing the motions of tradition. Well, God is alive Jesus rose from the dead. It's evidence that God is alive and he desires not just for you to know about him or not just for you to be a good person and do actions. He desires for you to genuinely walk in the light with him. That, that the human connections you have with, with people should, should pale in comparison to the connection we can have with God. I don't know about you, but that kind of blows my mind. That I can have closer fellowship with God than I do with my wife. Like, that... And yet that's what he is saying to us. I'm pleading with you, don't settle for staying in the darkness. It is a lie straight from the pit of hell as a fleeting pleasure. It will leave you broken and wanting more forever and ever. Walk in the light as he is in the light. He's already done everything needed for us to be transferred over. Will we trust him and surrender? Don't hold on. Don't keep things buried in the darkness. It will only keep us separated from him. That's the message John has for us today. I pray and I hope that by God's spirit, it sinks deeply into our hearts. And we receive it and apply it to our lives. Thanks for tuning in to the Austin Life Church Podcast. To help support us, please take a second to rate and review us on iTunes and visit us at austinlifechurch.com.